Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Once again, the Bays team is the best team, the Golden State Warriors. Welcome to a brand new episode of Strength in Numbers. I'm your host, Brandon Kiddies. You can follow us on Twitter at dubs underscore strength to keep up to date when the newest episode drops. You can always follow me on Twitter at HighBrandFlakes. I'll be live tweeting as much as I can for every single Warriors game, giving live analysis as the games go on. Well, folks, the Golden State Warriors played their first game at Chase Center and unfortunately fell to the Phoenix Suns 108-104 to before the Warriors head on the road for seven of their next eight games. This team will be tested very early. We have a lot to cover in this episode, talking about how CP3 has fit into the offense as we've talked about in the preseason. Andrew Wiggins having a very down game. We'll talk about that and how he can bounce back from his performance, but a strong start for Jonathan Kaminga and for Moses Moody, guys we expected to take a leap this season, and they did that in the first game. We'll break down Moody's and Kaminga's game all on this episode of Strength in Numbers. Let's kick off the conversation for today's episode by looking at what happened in the game, how the Warriors were able to get back into this contest. They were down um, at the largest time at one point in this contest to the Phoenix Suns by a considerable amount of points, 15 points. The Warriors came back. They took an eight-point lead at one point heading into the fourth quarter. But again, as I said, ultimately fell 108 to 104. And it was numbers that you usually don't see from this Warriors squad. They shot 35% from the field in this contest, 23% from deep. They had 28 free throws. Uh, we'll talk about that later. The CP3 effect coming into play, getting free throws for this Warriors squad. Warriors were out-rebounded 60-49, to 49, but on the O-boards, the Warriors up 18-17. to 17. The number that we love to talk about with this Warriors squad, and Steve Kerr has said it, it during the game, during that interview uh, on ESPN, that turnovers will be key for this squad this year. And with CP3 in his first game, the turnover margin went down to only 11 turnovers in this contest, which was amazing to see. But in those 11 turnovers, Phoenix, Phoenix capitalized for 22 points. So less turnovers, but Phoenix capitalized basically perfect there. They doubled the turnover margin there in the amount of points. Warriors looked really good in the paint. You know, a slower pace, Chris Paul pick and roll offense. We'll talk about his chemistry with Dario Saric and Sarich having an okay first game could do a little better there. But yes, we take a look at the Warriors' leading scorer. Of course, it was Stephen Curry with 27 points, 8 for 20 from the field. For the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker had a one heck of a game. 32 points overall, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 of 8 from deep. He was shooting at a great rate, especially in the first half. 
He was on fire. He was lights out. He was he was backing Steph Curry down. He was shooting fadeaway jumpers, and he really was the person that took advantage and capitalized when Kevin Durant couldn't really find his shot. Before we break down anything more from this contest, we have to talk about our sponsors and bet online first. The last of the major pro sports league kicks off this week, and bet online is your top shot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL and college football, and NHL already in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips, both from your mobile device and desktop to every sport at any time. Head to the BetOnline website today to get into the action. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Back into the game breakdown, Kevin Durant, of course, was honored before the game with a little tribute video. It included, of course, the two dagger shots over LeBron James in back-to-back NBA Finals to get back-to-back NBA Finals MVPs for Kevin Durant. The Warriors had their hands full already with Devin Booker having a tremendous game, and it also helped that the Suns were out with Bradley Beal. Now, first half shooting for the Warriors was dreadful, to say the least. The Warriors, with these players that I'm going to list, combined 5 of 28 shooting in the first half. Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Chris Paul, and Gary Payton the second, a combined 5 of 28 to open up the first half. Steph Curry, 4 of 11. He had 10 points while Moses Moody off the bench. A great first half. 4 of 5 from the field. 2 of 3 from beyond the arc. And had 11 points. He led the Warriors offense here heading into the second half. And just the minutes by Moses Moody proved that he can be a two-way star. He was great defensively as well in this contest, guarding Devin Booker, really being a factor there. And once he stepped onto the court, we saw how he complemented this Warriors team. We talked about it during the offseason, the emergence of uh, Jonathan Kaminga, but undershadowed and undervalued was Moses Moody. We saw his ability to hit the three, and it was falling at a greater rate in preseason, and that carried over to this contest against the Phoenix Suns. Now, Moody finished with 11 points. He had three steals and one block, and I think he was a complimentary piece once GP2 was struggling. Early, in, early on in this game, they had GP2 open in two corner threes. They dared him to shoot it. Teams will dare him to shoot it like they dare Draymond to shoot the open three all season long. GP2 just was not able to hit that shot. It's going to fall later on in the season, but GP2, uh, 0 of 5 in this contest. He was still active though. He got his three steals alongside Moses Moody, but the second unit I think is going to be carried by Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. Now, JK struggled early on. He saw... Minutes in the first half, but Steve Kerr had to sit him early on because he picked up some early fouls. You know, he tried guarding Devin Booker, um, a couple ticky-tacky fouls early on. We know the aggressive style of defense that Kaminga plays. So Kaminga, only five minutes in the first half. 
He had two points and as I mentioned, the three fouls. Things really started to get going for Kaminga though in the second half. That's where he saw the bulk of his minutes. And we'll talk about the minute allocation here. 14 minutes for Kaminga, three of six from the field, 10 points there in the second half, five rebounds, and he had three big offensive rebounds late in this contest. It was off a missed free throw that he was able to get two points really quick. Later on, his second offensive rebound was, you know, got him to the free throw line. He had the opportunity to tie the game late with two free throws, but he missed both free throws. And later on, it was just a missed shot, a tip uh, offensive rebound this time and got it to Steph Curry to put the Warriors down by two later in the fourth quarter and had an opportunity to try to win it later on. Uh, you know, K Jonathan Kaminga was very active on the offensive glass, especially. And that's something that I want to see when Andrew Wiggins has a down game like he did. And for two-way wigs, unfortunately, he was a team worse, but also a game worse. Minus 22 in this contest, 10 points, one block, but one rebound only for two-way wigs. And we got to channel that energy that we saw in that 2022 finals run for this Golden State Warriors squad against the Boston Celtics. We weren't able to see it last season. You know, he dealt with his injuries. He dealt with his personal issues. We got to see that rebounding back from Andrew Wiggins. And later after the game, Steve Kerr knows that Wiggins is still ramping things up. He, knew, he knows that he's not at his full 100% level yet and I think that's that can be said to all the players I think my takeaway from this game was that it still it still felt like a tune-up game for the Golden State Warriors frankly Stephen Curry did not have the best night 8 of 20 from the field uh, I mentioned his 27 points but he was 4 of 14 from beyond the arc 5 rebounds 1 assist what really stood out though was Chris Paul and his assist numbers, 14 points, 9 assists. And Chris Paul, 4 of 15 from the field. He got through the he got to the free throw line seven times. Steph Curry also got to the free throw line seven times. And as I mentioned, those 28 free throws is something you love to see. And Chris Paul, you know, all the Warriors are gonna get that benefit of the call, that whistle that we want them to be getting, you know, those superstars calls that we expect Steph Curry to get how does Chris Paul in this Warriors offense help the Warriors draw fouls well Steph Curry poked a little fun about having Chris Paul on the team and how it's made it a little easier getting free throws in that first game in that same vein uh how much did you enjoy having you know he did the, the in the bonus foul that he got how much did you enjoy that being two free throws for you instead of the other way around We've joked about it a lot already. It's, uh, I remember, was, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, he got JK in Phoenix, uh, like 92 feet from the basket, and we were all like, come on, man. Um, it wasn't, it was a different play. It was a great play in terms of today, like just understanding when contact was going to happen and obviously, you know, selling the call that was, that was actually there. But, yeah, definitely some laughs, and he got booked with it too, which is funny. You know, just, you know, obviously smart basketball, you have to play the game. It is nice to not have to look at the ref like, hey, he's on our squad now. 
So Chris Paul, the foul baiting there. It was clear early on. It was off of Kevin Durant, back down in the paint, and charged with the offensive foul was KD, and some laughs and some smiles there. Uh, with the Warriors bench, Kevin Durant, too, the camera panned over to him, and he and he was smiling. But I think the highlight of having Chris Paul on the team was Chase Center was rocking and cheering for Chris Paul at the free throw line, and Chris Paul commented on that. I'll, I'll give you guys the sound here just after I speak, but... Chris Paul said that, you know, it, it was it was something we, we've seen Chris Paul in preseason even say, hey, it's kind of weird. It's kind of funny how Warriors fans, you know, have to root for him now. And at the free throw line, fans were chanting CP3. And this was Chris Paul's reaction to that at the free throw line. At the free throw line, the crowd is chanting CP3. Was that a, a surreal moment? Yeah, it was. Uh, Dario looked at me and started laughing. And I couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> that was that was the first. Yeah. Dario Saric had a okay game as well. Um, you know, was was impactful at certain moments, just like the rest of the Warriors squad. They missed some easy open bunnies, some open layups, especially Andrew Wiggins too. But Dario Saric, seven points, seven rebounds in his debut, nailed a three-pointer. Saric was three of 11 from the field. I think the Warriors really, you know, had him come into this contest to try to combat um, Yusuf Nurkic, who, again, 14 points, 14 rebounds. Kevon Looney in this contest did Kevon Looney things. Seven points, 11 rebounds, three of six from the field. Those are numbers that you love to see from Loon Dog. Uh, five offensive rebounds for him too. But yeah, not really an impressive performance for Sarge himself. The Warriors as a team, I think I saw this and. 25 missed layups for the team. Basically, if you're at the rim, they missed 25 of those shots. And man, that really took into account for the 35% shooting. Warriors went 36 of 101 from the field in this contest. And Chris Paul commented on that too. Poked a little laugh at, hey, you know, I was part of that team that had 27 straight missed threes from the Rockets. With the great shooters on this team, I am not worried about the shooting more moving forward. And, uh, you know, it's just good to see this happy-go-lucky, jolly Chris Paul. And I think everyone loves how he's fit onto this team during the preseason, during off-season workouts. And we saw the chemistry here early on. Now, for Chris Paul, how does he affect this Warriors team? How does he change the pace? Well, as we see, pick and roll in high-stress situations... Uh, when Stephen Curry is getting a little tired, you can put the ball in Chris Paul's hands. Steph can play off off ball more like a shooting guard and you know do his thing. You know get you know come off of the screens. You know get his defender mix on a pin down in the screen. There's a lot of options and sets that the Warriors can run. And speaking of that, you know before this game happened, NBC Sports Bay Area's Dalton Johnson uh, put out a tweet that. Steve Kerr said his closing lineup will vary game by game. He'll see if he'll have Dario Zaric or even Jonathan Kaminga close, uh, close games out. And the Warriors team and Steve Kerr commented that their death this season is a real strength of theirs to where they're able to do that. And to answer your guys' questions, it started off 
with Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Kaminga, and Looney. And eventually, Wiggins came off of the court and Kaminga took his minutes. We saw CP3 in there to close it out as well, uh, coming in there for GP2. So ultimately, it went down with Steph, Clay, Kaminga, Chris Paul, and Kevon Looney to close everything out. So against the Suns, Steve Kerr elects to go Jonathan Kaminga instead of Andrew Wiggins, who had a down game. And you can't blame him there. Again, Andrew Wiggins not having his best game shooting from the field. The Warriors needed that athletic guy to combat Josh Okogie, who had a tremendous game, 7 of 9 from the field, 17 points, and just some hustle plays by Okogie all game long, diving for loose balls, really getting those offensive rebounds. And Okogie had four of those. You put Jonathan Kaminga on him to combat that, and you have a guy, athletic on athletic matchup that Andrew Wiggins, it looked like he didn't have his feet under him this first game, like I said. So Kaminga having a great debut. We'll see how he continues to get used later on. But the promising minutes from Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody had Warrior fans saying, hey, if the struggles by Klay Thompson, who shooting-wise, you know, was able to bounce back later in the game, 15 points, 6 of 18 from the field, 3 of 11 from beyond the arc, but just like the rest of this Warriors team, Klay Thompson in the first half just couldn't find his shot going either. Uh, Klay Thompson, 3 of 10 from the field. He started off 0 for 7, I want to say. He missed his first 7 shots, if I'm not mistaken. But to get back to the point that I was making is if Klay is struggling and Andrew Wiggins is struggling, will Steve Kerr have a shorter leash knowing that Moses Moody can come and play impactful minutes and can produce right away, and especially on defense, to Clay Thompson, who is declining after those two injuries on the defensive end especially. And if Andrew Wiggins isn't doing his rebounding, then is Steve Kerr going to have that short leash and put in Jonathan Kaminga, who has worked on those rebounding in preseason, over the summer, in the drills. We saw Jonathan Kaminga put 60 points in that pro-am, up in Seattle and you know Kaminga six rebounds he finished off again and three of those were offensive rebounds so the promising minutes here for the rookies are something that we need to look out for here in the second game and moving forward uh, and how small of a leash um, will Steve Kerr have for these starters if these rookies continue to outperform them. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully the starters do what the starters need to do. And you can just plug and play these um, these extra guys, these young guys like Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody for when you need that spark of energy off of the bench. Similar to that championship year where we saw Jonathan Kaminga against the Denver Nuggets in that first round come in and provide that spark when Steve Kerr really needed that. Now, uh, the two rookies, actually, uh, you know, I said rookies for Kaminga and Moody early on, you know, just caught myself there. I meant young guys. But the two rookies this season, Brandon Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis, was a DNP in the game against the Suns. Now, Corey Joseph, this was the talk, um, my takeaway for me and on Warriors Twitter, why is Steve Kerr giving Corey Joseph four minutes? He was minus 12 as well. And put up a rebound, put up an assist, and immediately sat down. And I think Steve Kerr realized that, hey, maybe 
Corey Joseph wasn't the guy that we needed in this rotation tonight. Uh, they went nine deep. Uh, so yeah, including Corey Joseph there, you take him out. The uh, excuse me, the Warriors went ten deep. So if you take Corey Joseph out of there, nine deep. Where can those four minutes go? Maybe it's Brandon Pajemski because we saw his play earlier in preseason. Pajemski can assist the ball. He can stop on a dime and you know find the guy that's cutting to the basket like a JK right or a GP two or. He, he has that little floater game. We saw the uh, the little James Harden Euro step move that got the highlights going there and everyone talking against the Sacramento Kings. And Trace Jackson Davis. Now, I think he will be a factor this season. I think he is a guy that can step in right away. We know, we, I talked about his accolades and all the high honors he got in college at Indiana. And he is a... NBA ready player. He's coming out of Indiana. He's like a Villanova guy, right? He's like Michigan State Draymond Green. He is ready to play at the NBA level. And we saw that in preseason. Now the question is, when is TJD going to be employed and employed into the offense or into the starting lineup? Or when is Steve Kerr going to use him? And I think the matchup against the Suns here, you had Drew Eubanks come in for Yusuf Nurkic. They're bigger guys, more at the paint. Um, I think TJD is more of a guy that can put his back to the basket or attack the basket. We saw those highlight dunks in preseason later on against that Kings team. And I think when you're against a more athletic type of a big, not like a slower guy like Yusuf Nurkic, is when Steve Kerr is going to use TJD. And I think that's where the Warriors' depth they talk about is really deep and how they can employ Brandon Pajemski or TJD right away. These rookies that can step in and play right away. And compared to years in the past, you didn't have that luxury because the Warriors team's depth wasn't that deep, frankly. And I think this is where having Chris Paul come in, you don't have to worry about that backup point guard position that you've always worried about um, in the Warriors in past seasons, right? You had Ty Jerome, you know, Brad Wanamaker in those years. You're trying to replicate what you missed with Sean Livingston in those early championship years for this Warriors squad. You throw it back, even Justin Holiday, part of that 2015 core uh, for the Warriors. Who's the backup point guard? And you got Chris Paul there. You can sit him down or start him. And what Steve Kerr decided to do is start Chris Paul. And they ruled out, I forgot to mention this, should have mentioned this earlier. They ruled out with Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Kevon Looney in the starting lineup. Now, my prediction early on, because it was circulating all over Twitter and outlets that, hey, Chris Paul, you know, they're indicating that he's most likely going to come off the bench and they're uh, going towards that. And so they didn't go towards that in the first game. But I think this is where you can mix and match, even with Draymond Green not coming back. And we got a report, speaking of Draymond Green, that Draymond Green is not expected to play tomorrow, Friday in Sacramento at the Golden One Center, but he could potentially rejoin this team on this road trip. Again, the seven of the next eight games for the Warriors are on the road. Draymond Green most likely will play in one of those road trip games, or he'll come back in one of those road trip games. But to play with the whole CP3 starting or coming off the bench, 
it'll be a mix and match type of situation. And I think if Jonathan Kaminga is forcing the hand that he's continuing to get better, his rebounding is really being showcased, I think it's going to force Steve Kerr to play him. And I think especially against bigger teams, they might go that route. I think the lineup that you'll see would be Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jonathan Kaminga, Andrew Wiggins, and Kevon Looney with CP3 being the sixth man coming off the bench. And what I love about this CP3 offense is, again, he can play Steph off the ball, but coming off the bench here, you get Jonathan, or excuse me, you get CP3 coming off the bench as the sixth man. He's already built that chemistry with Dario Saric. And the pick and roll between the two, just the connection they had in Phoenix, really also showcased here in the first game, whether it was pick and pops or, you know, re-screening for Chris Paul. So I'll play some sound here, but Chris Paul talks about his chemistry with Dario Saric uh, dating back even to the Phoenix season last year. Chris, you talk about uh, over here adjusting to new teammates, figuring it out. Seem like you and Dario are particularly comfortable together. You're in a lot of pick and rolls. How, how much... Does that familiarity and that bond, that rapport on the court translate, do you think? to? Uh, it's nice because, you know, I think we missed Dario big time even last year in Phoenix. So when you get a chance to reconnect with a guy like that, and that's why I keep saying about our team, um, sometimes we almost got guys that's too unselfish. You know, so when you play with a guy like Dario, he don't want nothing but to make the right play, you know, whatever he got to do. And so it's, it's fun to play with guys like that. So again, how will that look like? CP3, Dario Saric. And then you also have Moses Moody still coming off the bench. Maybe he'll start at some times. You know, we, we've constantly talked about this closing lineup. Who's going to close out? And then, like I said, CP3 uh, or Dario Saric or Jonathan Kaminga, depending on the matchup and the game flow is what Steve Kerr said. But I think... Not only is the closing five important, but the starting five will be more important as the season goes on. And depending on the teams they play, we know the Warriors are a smaller team, but if they face a more athletic team that can move around laterally, maybe they'll have JK come in there. And of course, we're forgetting about once Draymond Green returns. We have this whole chemistry situation going on between Steph and Chris Paul, which is great to see. And when Draymond comes back into the starting lineup, which we expect him to do and have Chris Paul coming off the bench, how is that chemistry going to roll and look like with this Warriors squad? Everything's still being figured out. Every everything is still in play from lineups to rotations to who's going to sit down in certain nights, who's going to close with the starting five. Um, the guy to keep an eye out on is Corey Joseph. Again, we saw his four minutes. We'll see if Steve Kerr continues to play that card early on for Corey Joseph, or is he immediately going to sit him down and we'll see TJD or Brandon Pajemski. Now, the Warriors have two open roster spots. They're going into the season here with 13 guys. They'll eventually have to sign someone, I think, by next week to get that 14th guy onto this roster. Now, we take a look at the road trip coming up here for the Golden State Warriors. They're at Sacramento, Houston, New Orleans. They come back home on November 1st to take on the Kings again. Then on the road to close it out at OKC, Cleveland, Detroit, and Denver. Now your first back-to-back -back of the season comes this Sunday and Monday. You go into Houston, then you go to New Orleans. 
I expect maybe Stephen Curry sits out one of those games, you know, that uh, player uh, participation policy that we talked about a couple of episodes ago. Uh, CP3 and Stephen Curry are exempted from that due to having to meet a certain age. So maybe one of them sits out there, whether it's the front half or the back half, we'll have to see. This is no official report. This is just what I'm speculating in terms of resting these guys early on in the season. Is it too early to do that? We'll have to see. Now, a little more on Andrew Wiggins. I'm hearing stuff all over Twitter, uh, sports talk radio here in the Bay Area. Is it an anomaly season that Andrew Wiggins had in that championship year? Because last season, he struggled and he dealt with those injuries. Is he going to be able to bounce back, right? Was Andrew Wiggins, you know, his timeout in Minnesota is going to be constantly talked about. Was he always going to be that type of player? You know, when he came over to the Golden State Warriors in that D-Lo trade, can the Warriors change him? And a lot of people forget that, hey, it was those early years there, that COVID 2020-2021 season as well. 19 points for Wiggins after that trade um, with D'Angelo Russell. He played 12 games with the Golden State Warriors. He had 19 points, 45%, 33% from the three-point line. And his three-point numbers continue to climb every single year. We remember uh, last, or in the championship season, that's when he had his best season. 17.2 points. He had 4.5 rebounds, 46% from the field, 39% from three-point range. He bested that last season, shooting 0.3% better at 39 47.3% from, uh, from the field. Now, five rebounds was a, you know, improvement last season as well. Uh, he only played 37 games last season. And, you know, the injuries, his personal reasons, and now coming into the year, it's easy to overreact. Everyone can overreact after one game. This is what we do. You know, we got to have some content here. We got to analyze this first game. But as I've said during this offseason, even in preseason a couple episodes ago, the two biggest guys for me that need to step up and will determine if this Warriors team can be a championship team is going to be Klay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins. But more importantly, I'm going to have to say it's Andrew Wiggins because for Wiggs, you missed a lot of that time last season. In the playoffs, you started to find your footing, but it still wasn't there. And now, even coming into this first game, we really didn't see that. And I think that's why fans are starting to panic. Fans also panic with the whole Clay Thompson deal. His whole psyche, right? And him not being not able to agree to this contract extension. And, you know, him maybe, you know, chucking up some shots that he, you know, usually won't take to try to prove to the NBA, to try to prove to the league, to the Warriors franchise, the owners that, hey, I deserve another deal. I didn't really see that in the first game here, taking shots that he usually wouldn't take. All of his shots were good looks, in my opinion. They just didn't fall down. And the defensive end is going to be the question always with Klay Thompson. And whether he could be a guy that might get pulled out 
of the closing lineup if he can't play defense. If the defense continues to not improve as a team this whole season, will he be a defensive liability? And will Moses Moody just be inserted into that closing 5-2 with J.K. there? So these third-year leap type of players like J.K. and Kaminga, they have the flexibility to do so, but how is that going to impact Andrew Wiggins and Klay Thompson? We'll just have to see. Now, I think this is something, I tweeted this out, that Steve Kerr is also not playing around this year. It's a contract year for him as a coach. And him saying in the first game of the season that he's not messing around, that his death is his most important you know, factor to this Warriors squad that he is not going to be afraid to play J.K. or Sarge in the closing five just tells me that oh, Steve Kerr also is playing for that contract extension because I think he's doing something that he hasn't done in the past season and it's playing Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, but also, you know, a new acquisition in Dario Sarge over someone like Andrew Wiggins, which we saw in the first game. Steve Kerr is not going to be afraid to mix and match and I think have a shorter leash this season. And, you know, the two guys, Clay Thompson and Steve Kerr, they both have something to prove to extend their contracts and their careers with this Warriors franchise. Again, Warriors fans, this is an early test to the season. The Warriors open up seven of their next eight games on the road. They're going to be tested early on. Well, after that, they get seven of their next eight after this road trip at home. So let's prove to everyone that this Warriors squad is not going to repeat what happened last season, a league worse record on the road. Let's start off strong here on the road and then build that momentum at home to try to stat pad that record early on to where you're comfortable on the road, you have this chemistry, you build this cohesiveness, and the vibes are just back. And I don't expect them to go on this road under uh, this road trip under 500. Now, Dub Nation, tweet at me um, at High Brand Flakes or to our podcast page at Dubs underscore Strength and tell me what record do you think the Warriors will finish off on this road trip? Again, seven. Of their next eight games on the road, I think if I take the whole road record here with seven total games, I expect the Warriors squad to go five and two. Um, here at the best, I expect them to drop a couple of games because you know it's on the road. Maybe they'll drop one on the first back-to-back of the season. But the vibes are back. And Chris Paul, some sound here, talking about how he just knows that there's something good about this team when it comes to the vibes. Playing a lot with Moses Moody at times out there. He obviously had a really nice uh, first game today. What have you seen from him? Just uh, his communication. Like I said, we're all getting used to each other. You know, me and Steph play two totally different ways. You know, and so that's an adjustment for a lot of these guys. It's an adjustment for us. Um, but we have so many different units that can play, especially when Dre get back. You know what I mean? So that's going to be a whole another uh, group of us sort of getting used to each other. But it's promising because one thing about teams is you can tell the spirit. You know, spirit is something that you can't hide, you know, when guys is frowning or mad or whatnot. So what I'm excited about our team is, you know, the spirit is right. No pouting, no frowning. And hey, Chris Paul calls it the spirit. We call it the vibes on Warriors Twitter. And the vibes are back. You see the bench early in the preseason. 
You see them in that first game. Everything is starting to click. And I think, you know, no moral victories, but also let's let's talk about a moral victory. And I think it was great to see the Warriors come back from 15 down to being up by eight. Ultimately, they didn't close it out against the Suns. But this is the type of game where you got tested early on, right? Uh, Devin Booker was hot. Uh, you guys weren't shooting well. The turnover number is down to 11, though. Let's keep it at that. I think heading into the fourth quarter, they were at five turnovers, I want to say. Five or four. And then the fourth quarter happened. And, you know, got a lot of turnovers in that quarter. You know, ultimately could have lost them a few possessions there at the end. But let's see if the Warriors team can keep their turnover margin this season to about 15 to 16 per game and not get into the 20s as we normally see the squad with CP3 on the roster now. It's something we'll have to see. And based off the first game, it's great to see the pace slow down with Chris Paul. You're able to, you know, come up with your sets. And we'll see when Draymond Green comes back. That pick and roll between him and CP3, in addition to Dario Sarch, that's something I'm looking forward to seeing as well. And just the ability for Draymond to roll to the basket. And if Sarch is on the court at the same time, Sarch's ability to pick and pop with Steph and Clay coming off screens, off those actions, man, it is, I'm just getting excited talking about that, some nerdy basketball stuff, but this Warriors squad will be fine, let's not overreact to this first game, again, to close it out, my biggest takeaways are Moody and Kaminga are ready, Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson are going to need to step their games up, and Trace Jackson Davis, uh, Brandon Pajemski, their impact later on in the season, the starting five versus the closing five. We had a lot of topics to break down, a lot of topics to talk about, but the Warriors will play game number two of the season, taking on the first round opponent that they saw in the playoffs last year that took them to seven games, the Sacramento Kings. And hey, Kings fans, you're on national TV, ESPN in Sacramento this early on in the season. The Kings are officially back to our old friend Harrison Barnes last night. Opening night dropped 30 points for the Kings to lead them to a victory. So the Kings are coming off hot. The Warriors coming off a loss. It should be another action-packed heavyweight punching battle down in Sacramento. But folks, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Strength in Numbers. As I say, we really appreciate the support every single week. Follow us once again on Twitter on our podcast page at dubs underscore strength. Follow me, Brandon Cadiz, your host on Twitter at High Brand Flakes. And guys, hopefully the Warriors can come up with a victory. Started off one and one against the Sacramento Kings. They'll have that road trip in Houston and taking on the New Orleans Pelicans and Zion Williamson on Monday. By that time, when we talk next, hopefully the Warriors are three and one. And as we talk about the Warriors, and until we talk about the Warriors next time, go Dubs! This show is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.